0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Union Chapel this morning. So glad you're with us. It is uh, still the month of June, June 28th, and we are thrilled that you are with us and enjoying worship together. Hope you're having a good day. Hope you're well and safe. We're praying for you and we're with you. We've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and today I want to uh, cover the subject of faithfulness. Very important, very powerful Virtue that we can cultivate in our lives by the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And I just want to say also thanks to all of you who responded so well to last week's uh, presentation when Beth and I, my wife Beth, uh, did a presentation on Father's Day, and so many of you responded so warmly, and we appreciate that very much. You might be interested to know, it's certainly of note to us, that last weekend, Father's Day, was actually the 39th anniversary of our leadership here at Union Chapel. Uh, We actually began pastoring this church on Father's Day 39 years ago. And so this weekend begins our 40th year as the leaders here at Union Chapel. And we wanted you to uh, perhaps note that we're excited about it. We've been thrilled about being being in this community all these years. And we're excited about what God has for us in the future. So Thank you for your love and support for all this time. We love being here. Anytime we're away, we always say to each other, we can't wait till we get home. We'd rather be here than anywhere else in the world. So we love you all very much. And thank you for your uh, support all these years. So today we want to talk about faithfulness. the The greatest chapter in the whole Bible on faith, faithfulness. Is Hebrews chapter 11. So we're gonna go there today. Hebrews 11. I'm gonna read some selected verses 1 and 2, 6, and then 32 to 40. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. And of course, you'll see the words on the screen. Verse 1 Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Now down to verse 6. And without faith, It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, following that, there are a number of examples from the Old Testament saints of faithfulness and and faith-filled living all the way now down to verse 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. Love this next phrase. Listen, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together, with us, would they be made perfect. May God inspire and enlighten us today through this powerful word. Thank you so much. You should note that uh, the New Testament text, uh, written originally in Koine Greek, we find the word faith and faithfulness actually translated from the same Greek word. So it's only context and grammar which actually helps us uh, discern the difference in definition and application of of these two words, faith and faithfulness. Now here in Hebrews 11, what we find faith is an active verb. It implies the activity of believing. I believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him faithfulness. On the other hand, let me put that definition on the screen for you. So we can really focus in on it today is a lifestyle. It is a state of being. It implies diligence, dependability, steadiness, and unchanging devotion. So there's a, there's a connection then between what I believe and the faithful outworking of that faith. It's, it's a lifestyle of following God with full devotion, faithfulness, very powerful force in the world. Therefore, it's not really easy to separate out out or make a fine point of the difference between faith as a supernatural dynamic and faithfulness as a lifestyle that I engage. Faith is the dynamic belief and faithfulness is a lifestyle. It is a It is a way to go through the world Is a state of being. So let's just jump right in now with the outline. You'll see the first point is a common point that we've discussed all through this series on the fruit of the spirit. And that is the relationship of faithfulness and the character of God. God is faithful. He is a faithful God. He's faithful to his covenants. He's faithful to execute his judgments. He is faithful to redeem creation Uh, Jesus is not going to leave things as they are. The way things are today are not the way things will be. God is not slack concerning his promises. 2 Peter 3, 9 and 10, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. Then it goes on to say, but the days of the Lord will come like a thief. what what do we know about the thief? We don't know when he comes and neither do we know when Jesus is coming again but it says the heavens will disappear with a roar the elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare so God's not slow but he is patient and he's merciful and he's waiting perhaps he's waiting on you to come to terms with your faith so that you might know him and be ready John 3, 16, perhaps the most notable scripture in the, in the Bible, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, and if you believe, you put your trust in him, you won't perish, but have everlasting life. Now, that's, that's good news to a sweet little teenage girl who needs hope in her life, and it's also true to the most hardened criminal in, in the worst prison in the world. And the reason that that's good news for any and everyone along the human continuum is because of the faithfulness of God. God is a faithful God and he will rescue you if you call on his name. I, uh, years ago drove by a billboard and it was an advertisement for a car dealership. And it simply said, we promise performance. We promise performance. So, you know, that's the very best the world has to offer promise to perform but God takes it an infinite step beyond what the world can offer by saying I am the Lord thy God and I perform promises he he is faithful to do what he has said first Thessalonians 5 24 the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it second Thessalonians 3 3 but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one so there's a connection between the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness that should be manifested in our lives as believers. A, a connection. Uh, this is the basic rule of husbandry. We all understand this rule. Chickens produce chickens. Cows produce cows. Second Peter chapter 1 reminds us, therefore, if we are partakers of the divine nature, then the nature and character of God can be manifest through the Holy Spirit in our lives. So the character of God is reproduced in our heart, in our lives, and part of that fruit is faithfulness. Now, we know that there is uh, there's a, a, a substitute that often gets misidentified as faithfulness, a substitute that is manifested in some folks' lives that often is interpreted as faithfulness, but it's actually better defined as stubbornness, incalcitrance, if you will. This sometimes manifests in a proud, unteachable, unwielding, unyielding kind of spirit. Uh, The world identifies it as strong and virtuous, Um, but it's that attitude that says, "I'm going to finish this thing, if it's the last thing I do. I won't be taught, I won't be schooled, I won't be broken, I won't be made to submit to any other force until I finish what I set out to do." And you say, "Well, what's wrong with that?" Well that kind of stubbornness and and insistence uh, can produce fruitful things when it's rightfully applied, of course, but it is not the fruit of faithfulness. This, This kind of stubbornness can also produce itself when you come to an age of accountability and you are confronted with the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. This is the same kind of attitude and person who will say, I won't confess my sins. I won't repent and turn my life around. I will not change. I will not become a different person than I have been. And so this becomes a highly destructive and counterproductive counterfeit for the great fruit of faithfulness. A workaholic, for example, has substituted an otherwise healthy inclination for diligence or the high, uh, and productivity for the highly destructive preoccupation for proving your self-worth at some level. There's a movie uh, many years ago, some of you are old enough to remember. If you haven't seen it, I'd recommend it to you. It's entitled The Bridge Over the River Kwai. It was made just uh, after World War II, and it was a story depicting a British colonel who was commissioned by the Japanese to engineer and build a railroad bridge over the river Kwai using prison labor. This colonel and hundreds of other British soldiers have been captured by the Japanese during World War II and put in this prison camp. And this task is given this colonel and these prisoners to build this bridge. And because of his British diligence, he wants to see it through. But what is the primary duty of any prisoner of war? It's not to build bridges for the enemy, but to frustrate their war effort by any means possible. However, by the end of the movie, uh, this colonel has such pride and such independence that he has forgotten the Allied war effort. He's, com- he's completely blinded by his own, by his own stubbornness and in- innovation. He's forgotten the suffering of his own people. All he is concerned with is his own ego and his own will and his own strength to build this bridge. And by the end of the movie, the, this colonel is actually protecting the bridge from the allies. It's exasperating when you watch the movie. You just think, what is wrong with him? He, he resists efforts to blow up the bridge across which the Japanese will send troops across from Thailand to fight his own British troops in Burma. So it's a very strategic bridge that he has engineered and built through this process. You say, well, what kind of insanity would cause that? What what, what what is that the result of? Well, it's the same kind of insanity that will cause a person to sit in church or to sit in your your home or wherever you're happening to be watching from right now to sit there and say, "I resist. I resist the loving appeal of God through His Son Jesus Christ. No matter what you say, doesn't matter what you say, doesn't matter what you do. I will not break." I will not yield. I will not surrender no matter what. The only reason that I go to church when church is open is because my wife uh, threatens to divorce me. If I don't, the only reason that I'm watching right now is that my wife or my children beg me to please stay and watch the service with us, Daddy. We want you to be here. That's the only reason you're there. And so when it comes, will you join a small group? Are you kidding? Not gonna join a small group. How about volunteer for some kind of ministry around the church? Look, I'm busy, I I work all week, I don't need to volunteer to serve. And uh, giving money in some kind of sacrificial way, are you kidding? God, no, no. Not gonna do that. So by doing so, this kind of person helps maintain and strengthen the wall of separation between, between themselves and a loving, merciful God. This is the proud independent self-willed counterfeit for the fruit of of faithfulness. Just not going to, not going to give too stubborn to do so. Well, let's uh, imagine some of the results of, of fruitfulness. It's the second point in your outline. And here's a, if I grow in faithfulness, I will grow in stability. Now think about that. I become more and more dependable. I'm able to withstand the buffeting and the storms of life. Uh, in agriculture, we understand that the stronger a plant is, the more fruit it can produce. But if, on the other hand, a plant produces more fruit than it can substantiate, it's not strong enough to hold it, then it will collapse. The same happens in human beings' lives all the time. If you grow in numbers in influence and in profit without faithfulness, disaster can result. don't have the infrastructure to hold it and so so the result of faithfulness is that as I grow in faithfulness I actually grow in strength I grow in stability I love this story from the great violinist Isak Perlman he played at the Metropolitan Opera House in New York and following the concert an aggressive stage mother pushed her way backstage with her young violinist and introduced her son to the great violinist this is Johnny, and he's a violinist. Sir, I would give my whole life if my son could play like you. To which Pearlman said, it won't help you to give your whole life. Johnny has to give his. Johnny said, I would give my whole life to play like you. Mr. Pearlman said, I did. I did. We must be committed to the lifetime work of Christianity. Committed to it. The crisis of finding Jesus as Savior, being filled with his Holy Spirit, being delivered from all of the hurts, habits, and hang-ups that all of us acquire in life to be set free from those things and experience a moment and a season of profound blessing in our lives, and all of us have a story. If you know Jesus, you can tell your story of the amazing and oftentimes miraculous ways that God has intervened in your life and changed you forever. And all I'm saying is that that must be followed by the careful, intentional, methodical, faithful walking with God. Stone upon stone, Upon stone, upon stone, upon stone. Faithful. Over the course of a life. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. I want to put this statement on the screen. There is no short run substitute for long run faithfulness. Can't find one. No short run sub for long term. God will trust the faithful person with more. This is number B. Results of faithfulness. God will trust the faithful person with more. Now hear that. If I could just impress young people with this truth. Listen to me carefully, young folks. You you decide if you're young or not. Preparation is never wasted. Never wasted time preparing for what God has called you to do is always value, value added. For example, maybe you're called to preach. Maybe you're called into some kind of full-time vocational ministry. Here's my advice to you. Let God sharpen your skills. Let God sharpen you. Let him prepare you. Don't rush. Don't hurry. Let him work. They that wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. Maybe God's calling you into a significant relationship, into a courtship with the person that you're likely to marry. Here's my advice. Slow down. Slow down. Learn one another. Learn each other's strengths. Learn each other's weaknesses. You know, give your relationship time to disintegrate. Because if it's going to, it will. Give it some time. Marry in haste, repent in leisure. Recently, Beth and I were in the, in the car, and we were talking about our courtship. It lasted six years before we got married. <laughs> uh, she was, she was uh, telling me how impatient she had become with me. And she said, you should know that I had already decided that if you didn't take the next step in our relationship when you did, that I was going to have to just move on into, into some, other, some other area. And she said that to me, and I just laughed. I laughed at her. I said, yeah, right, whatever. You're not going to leave me. And she, <laughs> and she said, ah, yeah, you're right. I wasn't going anywhere. But she was, just, uh, <laughs> she was just trying to make that point. I was very, very deliberate um, in our relationship. Maybe God's calling you into some business, some entrepreneurial venture, something like that. Here's my advice. Learn it first. Learn the business. Learn what it takes Talk to people who've done it successfully. Do your diligence. Vet, vet that business. Learn it from top to bottom. Learn as much about it as you can as you go. And do it first. Don't, don't spend your time asking God for more. This is, this is, the, this is the, the pitfall. This is the, this is the mistake of youth. God, I just give me something really important. Give me something really big. Give me something really, really influential. And I would just advise, do not pray for God to give you more because he might. And then, then he'll give you what you ask for and then you'll learn a lot more about yourself that way. Yeah. Pray rather for faithfulness. Pray rather for faithfulness. God, make me a faithful man. Make me a faithful woman. God, help me to walk day by day faithful, full of faith, full of trusting confidence in you. And my faithfulness comes from you. And if I remain faithful today and the next day, day after day, step by step, stone upon stone, there is no substitute for long run faithfulness. And then God, trusting him for whatever increase might come to your life. So God will trust the faithful person with more. Here's C. Meyer, our faithfulness causes others to become stable. Stable, confident, diligent, faithful people tend to produce the same kind of virtue. We've developed a new use for an old word in our culture. We've, we've uh, hijacked this word tolerance. We, we apply it in all kinds of categories. But today in manufacturing, for example, we have developed the word tolerance of plus or minus three or four, something like that. Years ago, if you had said a tolerance of plus or minus three or four, they may have said to you in some industry, some application, if you have to develop a tolerance for errors, then it's just plain wrong. There was no tolerance at some point. The problem is we've developed the same mentality toward our faith the outworking of our Christian experience. God calls us to faith and diligence and prayer and commitment and sacrifice and servants, service. And what we tend to do is we want to look at the, at the tolerance quotient. Let's see what I can get by with in my relationship with God. There's a great way for you to measure whether or not you're a faithful person and it's being cultivated in your life because right now everything is, is upside down. Nothing is, quote, normal. We have, we have all kinds of issues, and, and this pandemic has been the, the primary, and all of these circumstances uh, laying upon us all kinds of pressure points and therefore, opportunities for us to, to walk away from our faithfulness. Let me ask you, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing in your faithfulness? How is your faith? How are your relationships? How's your integrity? How's your character? You know, this is unusual pressure. Find out what you're really made of under these kinds of circumstances. So my faithfulness causes others to become stable. Here's another, D, in relationships, it causes people to be free from fear. Free from fear. It breaks the performance syndrome and produces character. So people are free to be their best selves. E, in the spirit, it breaks the power of satanic attack against my life. Uh, now now we're getting into the spiritual realm. What do you mean satanic attack? Well, I, I believe there's a real entity of evil. He's called the devil, Lucifer. And, and he is loose in the world, and he's wreaking havoc. And he wants to destroy you. His mission is to destroy you and destroy your faith. But James 4, 7 says it like this. Submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Now, why will Satan flee? Because he cannot compete with the fruit of faithfulness. Cannot. The immovable object requires the unstoppable force. Now listen, he is neither. He's neither. He will flee from us when he knows he can't move us from our faithfulness to Christ. Let me just make a pastoral statement right now. Some demons that, that, that hinder your life and attack your life, they need to be cast out. But listen to the pastoral reference. Some demons need to be starved out. Some need to be cast out. Some need to be starved out over time, day by day, through faithfulness to Christ. Someone said it this way, diligence and obedience is the heartbeat of Christianity. Faithfulness. That's what moves us forward. Well, let's uh, get to the last point here and how to increase your faithfulness. There's a very wonderful scripture. It's in Revelation chapter 12. This is a future sequence of events, uh, prophetic in nature, a season of time when there's unusual pressure in the world, especially on believers. And the Bible reports here in Revelation 12:11 that they overcame, the devil overcame all of those negative, horrible, evil circumstances. They overcame in three ways. By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. The blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, loving not their lives. How do you increase your faithfulness? We have a three-point sermon here. All you future preachers, here it is. A, I increase my faithfulness by constant dependence on grace. Or we could say the blood of the Lamb. I cannot be faithful by determining to be faithful. I can't work up faithfulness. I must allow God to make me more faithful by depending on his faithfulness. The more I recline on the breast of Jesus, the more like Jesus I will become. The more I receive the Holy Spirit, the more like the Holy Spirit I will become. So if I begin to rely on my determination and my resolute will, then I will begin to produce substitutes of faithfulness in some other fleshly carnal way. But if I rely on God's faithfulness to fill my life, I will remain faithful. I heard one, someone say about faithfulness, listen to this. Listen, I've just listed a bunch of points, a bunch of subpoints. Most of you won't remember one of them. Here's, here's the take home. Listen to this. Faithfulness is the crowbar of God. Hear that. Faithfulness is the crowbar of God. You want to get something done for Jesus' sake? You want to make a difference in the world? Then allow the fruit of faithfulness. Because it it leverages. It leverages influence. Faithfulness. And then B, increase your faithfulness. We grow in faithfulness through constant commitment. The word of their testimony. If you want to grow in faithfulness, then act on that faithfulness by verbal commitment. Now listen to your pastor. In marriage, in faith, in relationships, say the words. The word of their testimony. This is how they overcame. The words, I love you. Thank you. You're great. To God, I worship you. Say those words. There is power in faithful words. And this is how you increase your faithfulness and you overcome. And then finally, see, willing to pay the price for discipleship. They love not their lives even unto death. Now this is the last point and, I'm, and this may f- feel like a downer, but I hope it inspires. Let me just summarize the Christian faith this way. The Christian faith is a martyr faith. I read from Hebrews 11 this morning about what the saints of old endured, the persecutions they endured. There's a whole list of things there. I mean, some of it's horrible. It's horrific. And yet that's what they endured. There are a lot of people today talking about prayer, for example, but they're not praying. A lot of people are talking about how they rely on God's word, but they don't really study or understand God's word. There are many, many people globally today, on the other hand, that are giving themselves for the gospel. We know people like that. We associate with people like that. We know personally people who put their lives on the line every day for Jesus' sake. They loved not their lives, even unto death. Can you remember verse 38 now from Hebrews 11? The world was not worthy of them This is what we say about people who are faithful. Last story. This comes from Boca de Juan Capitan, small town in Mexico years ago, a very, very violent town, even though it was a relatively small village. Uh, there were many murders every week in Boca de Juan Capitan. One young Hispanic man and his wife and four daughters felt the call of God, heard Jesus say to them, I want you to go to that village and plant a church. Can you see this man, his wife and four daughters? They had a little motorcycle, and behind it, they, they had a little, a little trailer and upon which they had built this little platform. So they would pull the motorcycle onto the corner of a street in the village and he would stand up on this platform and he would preach the gospel because God had called him to plant a church in this violent town and he was often persecuted they would pelt him with rocks and hurl insults at him and curse him threaten him and one day a, a band of young men hands with machetes drunken demonized threatening grabbed this man and laid his head on on this platform and were threatened to kill him and would not have been unusual to see someone murdered like that in this town. And he said simply to them as he lay his head on this platform, an altar, if you will, he said, God has called me to plant a church here and I will be faithful to the end. God has called me, and He is faithful. And as He laid His head on that altar, He said, Go ahead, take my life. And He reported later that one by one, these young men laid down their machetes and walked away. And today, the first Pentecostal Church of God exists in Boca de Juan, Capitan, Mexico. And it was birthed in a martyr's faith. Loving not his life, even unto death. Hope that inspires you today. God's looking for faithful men, faithful women, to take up the cause of Christ, lift high his banner, and to live their lives in such a way that represents the faithfulness of God to us, now lived out in faithfulness God and others may God give us grace the grace of his fruit of faithfulness in Jesus name let's pause and pray Lord we thank you today for your word which lamps our feet and lights our path and gives us insight into how you have called us to live Lord we know that you you have offered your fruit not as not as a uh, a barrier or to minimize our lives but to expand our lives and to maximize our lives and to, and to give us fullness of life abundance of life so that we can be everything you want us to be and so we pray oh god that you would fill us with your holy spirit that you would cultivate in us the fruit of faithfulness great is thy faithfulness oh god our father There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord, unto me. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Now build it anew, fresh, and strong in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Could I just remind you that we can uh, connect with you. If you will reach out to us, just use your smartphone. Text the message 123GO to the number nine four zero zero zero. There's a menu of ways that we can be helpful to you. Maybe you need to take the first step in your journey of faithfulness and to receive Christ as your personal Savior. We want to help you with that, to take that step. Or maybe you have some other uh, practical need in your life right now that we can be of service please just let us know and we'll be in contact with you. One, two, three, go that message to nine, four, zero, zero, zero. God bless you.